0: welcome to this webinar of a whole group of friends here who share seeing who we are. Uh, So we're going to start off uh, with an experiment just to guide our attention straight to the point of it all. And uh, Colin, uh, would you like to start us with that please?
1: Yes. Thank you, Richard. I'm going to invite everybody to do this little experiment. So simple, But so straightforward because it points to the truth. Here, I'd ask you to raise your finger up because if we all do this, this is the way it works. Now, I'd like you to uh, point with that finger to anything before you in the room. Just point to it. And as you point, I'm pointing at a waste paper basket, for instance, I want you to look at what you are pointing at. Follow your finger to whatever it is and notice, simply notice, first of all, the shape of what you are pointing at and the texture of it and its colour. There is its presence in the world and you are simply pointing at it and looking. Next, move your finger and point down, if you can, to your feet. And the same thing, just look at your feet. Look at the same things that I was mentioning before, texture, shape, colour and so on. Now, bring your finger to Your knees, point to your knees and look at your knees, observing the same things that I was mentioning before. This is so simple. Now bring the finger to your tummy and point and see what your finger is pointing to. The same thing. As before, have a good look at all the things that I've been mentioning.
2: Bring your finger up
1: to your chest. We're all doing this. And look, I can just see the top button of my shirt. What can you see? See what your finger is pointing at. And now, the last thing of the experiment. Move your finger and point to what everyone else would say is your face. Point and look. What is your finger pointing at now? Can you see any shape,
2: any texture, any colour?
1: What can you see? I can now tell you about my experience and I wonder if it might be similar to yours. Maybe it's exactly the same as my experience. What my finger is pointing at is completely and utterly nothing. It's just clear. No texture, no color, no shape. It is just clear. Well, now this clarity here is what I would swap in for a face. No face, no features, no eyes, no nose, no mouth, just clarity. And this is what I am. What are you finding right now? Do you find clarity? Just air where you are? That's the experiment.
0: And Colin, thank you very much. What, just off the top of your no head, what, what does that mean to you?
1: What, what, why might we do that? Well, simply because we were investigating what's true and this is number one for me in that you might see a face here when you look at me i'm sure you do ah i can see it on the screen a face but right here that is not the truth for me i have a face But that face is in you, on the screen, in the mirror. It is, thank goodness, not right here. What I have here is this credible openness, which is free, which is true. And that I will stand by, Richard.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Anyone? Uh, J- J- Jade and Amir, if there are questions, do feel free just to jump in. Um, but anyone else or you know, anyone like to respond to, the, to doing that experiment today?
3: Just uh, Richard, just a quick word. We did that experiment uh, at a recent online, the first time ever we had an online workshop. And someone who's been rather skeptical about headlessness, he sort of, you know, feels as intuitive as something is, but can't quite take the the final step. And we did that, and I thought it had sort of fallen a bit flat, but he later said, when he was pointing, as Colleen just said, he suddenly saw he was pointing at his garden, (laughs) which was what he was looking out at, you know, yeah. Uh, it suddenly became that wonderful space that Colin described so clearly, was filled with the occasion, if you like. Yes. Just a wonderful uh, transition from, you know, being this yeah. little blocked up thing to being wide open.
0: Yes, the space is filled with the view. Yeah. Uh, lovely, thank you, Alan. Uh, Judy, you had your hand up there.
4: Well. I was going to say exactly the same thing, that this clarity, which I find here, is if I then uh, look beyond my finger, is filled with my room, my garden, the whole world. And it's like an explosion from empty clearness into all the bright colour of the
5: whole world. Mm.
0: so simple karen yes
5: yes i was just thinking again for the thousandth time probably that every time i'm doing this uh it's new it's always this uh fresh experience uh, of this this wondrous space and it's never an automatic thing or a memory or everything it's uh yeah, it's always uh, very invigorating, I think you say in English, and uh, 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 full of enthusiasm for life.
0: Mm-hmm. Colm in, in uh, Dublin. Hello, Colm.
6: Hi, yeah. Um, another thing I find with, with, with uh, this openness is the stillness, like a quality of stillness even though what's in the space may be changing or moving or... But there's a quality of stillness, um, which is... say, yes. seems like natural stillness.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Colin? Yes. Can I pick up on two those two things from Karen and Colm? Um, It's like a leaf or a coin. There are two sides to it. And uh, you can look at one side and then it turns and you can look at another side. Um, On on the first side, um, I discover here something that is very familiar to me, familiar since uh, childhood. It's kind of everyday and ordinary. It's normal. it, it it's um, how I see things when I um, when when I look here, and it's the same. It's always the same. That's one side, but there is another side, and that other side is uh, looking here, as in doing that experiment. It's like waking up, and it, this. Uh, nowness, this presence which is right here, right now is, as Karen just said, so incredibly fresh it's freshly minted and there is a wonder to that Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yes yes oh, Yuko, yes, Yuko in Tokyo Mm.
7: hi um, I want to uh, ask a question to all of you, uh, <clears throat> um, I, want, I have been sharing this, uh, uh experiment, uh, since, uh, 2002, uh, Richard, you came to Japan in that year, do you remember? Yes. Yeah. After, after you, you came to Japan, I organized, um, a meeting and since then I, uh, uh, do a couple of uh, meetings a year and uh, I sometimes feel uh, uh, it's difficult to explain so obvious thing. Uh, uh, many people say, yes, I see there's no face, no head here, but so what? Ah. And oh. if someone said to me, so what? I sometimes feel uh, difficulty to explaining further, do, do you understand? Yes, yes. So how can you uh, respond to such questions? Yes, very good. So what? <laughs> well, some people say, yes, I, I see, I see there's no face or head, but still I feel uh, there's something or someone here. What, what about this sensation? What, what about this uh, me identification?
0: Yes, good, good. Well, I think Bill had his hand up. Bill, do you want to respond there?
8: Well, um, what Yuko has just said further is, is, has pointed the question in rather a different direction, but I'll, I'll say what I was going to say. Um, as, as I go on, through the years, what, 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 what has come to me is, is how incredibly important relationship is. Um, and we very often, when we come to this, we come to the center and it's clear, and as Colin said, this is about the truth. Uh, and for me, I can't get past the fact that when I point here, I see nothing. I, I, I just can't get past that, whatever my opinion about it may be. Then you go into so what, and that is is a different question. I think it is nuanced for everybody. Everybody has a different version of so what. But I would say many, many people, for almost all of us, perhaps, relationship is fundamentally important to our well-being, to how the world is received. So I think for me, talking about what relationship is from from awakeness to this space is uh, is gives a lot gives a lot in one's everyday life. So so that's what I would say is is an, a so what answer. Now I can go into that. We can do a little experiment, if, or as far as we can get to, if you want me to. But but uh, it does change oh, one's yes, relationship.
0: Yes, just do an, uh, well, a little experiment. Yes.
8: Okay. Well, I mean, this is you have. This is a little a little illustrated, it's not entirely uh, going on evidence because I'm gonna put put two hands here, where are they, there they are. I'm back to front, I'm mirrored, so it's really difficult. Right, so here, here is my version of two faces, one here, one here, all right? And this is how we normally see, imagine, relationship. One person here, one person here, a gap in the middle, and these, these two things are distinct, they're separate, they're separated, they have to be to be themselves. And that's our paradigm, that's what we, as it were, live through in our imagination, in our actual social life. We believe that this is what's happening, face-to-face relationship, object-to-object, separated by a distance, unique, special, temporary, and that's what we believe is happening. But then if I look, First, in my direction, and then in the direction of the viewer here, what do I find? Do I find it's object to object, or do I find that here there's nothing, and there, there is the other person, or in my case, the screen right now, with lots of people in it. So, this is a symmetrical relationship, and it's our social paradigm. This, is what's actually going on, where I myself, for myself, am the space, the clarity, as Colin called it, the clarity for these two and for this one. And therefore, I'm not in this paradigm. Really, truly, my experience of my world, as far as relationship goes, is that I am the host. I am the container for these relationships out in the world and this relationship that I have with the one facing me. And far from confronting the other, I am built open for the other, just built that way. Whatever I feel about it, I'm built that way. Uh, And that makes a huge difference because Mm. once I've seen that truly here, I am just open, then whenever I care to look and be truthful, I find myself in this hosting relationship with all the people in my world. And it changes everything about what I'm prepared to look at, feel, touch, open to. Because it comes from a place that is inevitably open. And if I wanna close it down, I have to do some mental gymnastics. If I do nothing, I find that I'm not in this confrontational relationship, I'm in this, sort of relationship so not object to object but space to face like that and that changes things Mm. every day with the butcher the baker the candlestick maker my family people I don't know business meetings everything it does if one operates it but that's for finding out that's the other thing about a so what question everyone has to to then do this to, to discover what it's going to mean for them so this, this thing about relationship is no more than a suggestion. But it is for me, as I've gone on, it, it, I, I see more and more that my happiness depends on my ability to be open. Absolutely, it does. That's that's it. There we are.
0: Wonderful. Uh, Judy wants to... Amir, can you wait till Judy's spoken? Okay, Judy. Um, I...
4: Uh, I, I, I've heard many people talk about this so what experience, and um, I'm sure I have experienced it myself when sometimes this this vision, this seeing didn't seem very attractive. But I'd also like to put the a counterpoint to that because when I first had this experience, when I met Douglas, <coughs> I was absolutely blown away by the fact that I was, exploded from this little thing that i see right now on the screen in front of me and had seen in the mirror and thought that i was blown away to be um relieved of this person to be um rid of her actually to tell you the honest truth because i was not uh was not happy with the sort of person i was how i felt about myself and um It was the most um, marvellous experience to be suddenly free of air from Judy. Now, um, I think other people have this experience too. And to come back to the peace that one has when really being clear here uh, was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Now, I would like to go on to say that, uh, of course, I had to come to terms with Judy as she is, and the sort of person she is, and work that out. So the experience changes, the, as Colin said, the actual clarity here never changes, it's always the same, It's always receptive to what is given. But my take on it has changed over the years. And from um, being very, uh, as I say, weighed down by this personhood, to being free of it, uh, oscillate back and forth as one does between being what we call thinged up with oneself and then not thinged up, free. Um, it's it's a process. But the I have found that the clarity, the peace, gradually takes over, over the years, gradually it's taken over more and more and more. And... Um, yeah, that's what I wanted to say about my, my life story. We go through our story, um, things, it seems as if things change. The, 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 the one here, your true being, uh, is always the same. Mm. But the concept is changing all
9: the time.
0: Thank you, Judy. Uh, before John, Amir, what were you going to say?
9: If someone's following on from that, that's okay. But just as there's a few oh, please questions, please, please, please follow. I, on.
0: Yes,
9: I, I should read a question now.
0: You go for it. Yeah.
9: Okay. Um, so I think it's relating to that first initial experiment. Uh, Brian says, when I try the pointing experiment, I find thoughts and feelings to be intrusive. The sense of stillness and peace is fleeting. Do you find that to be the case? And I'll just read a couple more related ones All related, I think, to the point experiment. Jonathan says, I find that sensations in my head and neck seem to reinforce the idea that I have a head. What is a good way to view sensations like that? And James says, I agree with Jonathan and I fall easily into feeling self-conscious again. Is there a way to get over the self-conscious feeling or belief that you have a head? So questions about that first one about sensations or thoughts coming back in quickly.
0: Hmm very good thank you anyone like to respond there yeah Sam Sam in Perth near Perth Australia
10: Um, I'm looking from this clarity now and I have sensations in my face and uh, I feel the weight of my body in the chair and all of the things that tell me like report to me from from my body and I also have thoughts and feelings and um These are also referencing uh, a person uh, that I see on the screen there. Um, But what I am noticing, and and I invite you to notice this for yourself, is where are those things? In my case, I find that they're not where I'm looking from, or at least they're not only where I'm looking from. They're at large in the space with the other sensations and and, uh, experiences, including the computer screen, the table in front of that, and the room around me. So I find they're not, in other words, confined in anything. Now, I invite you to notice whether that's true in your case. They're not actually, to perception, confined anywhere. So I don't have to get rid of them. I don't have to do anything about them. I just have to notice what the setup is. What I notice is in this direction, where we pointed, is, as um, Colin pointed out, is nothing, um, completely empty. And in the other direction, uh, when I look out into the room, it's full of objects, colors, and it's also full of my feelings and thoughts about those things and about all of you and this meeting. And and they're all um, served up together, but distinguishable. And I find that noticing the setup is, as Judy said, extremely helpful. And in this direction, it doesn't change, it's empty. It can't change. It has no qualities. It's not in time. Nothing's happening. In that direction, there's a teeming variety of things happening, very engaging, sometimes upsetting, sometimes exhilarating, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But they're served up together, and the ground for all that is the truth that I'm looking out of. Mm -hmm. And that's the answer to the so what question too for me. Mm. So what? If, 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 I, if I don't know who I am, if I don't know where I'm looking from, if I've got that wrong, what else can I get right?
0: Thank you, Sam. Brenton and then Karen. Yeah. I think, like, I also had to, the so what sort of reaction when I was
2: introduced to this. And I was like, I can't see my head, so what? Um but I found that just sort of sticking with it and playing with it, like I found it hilarious actually. Um and so it's it's a form of meditation, so you just it's basically just playing with it and keep attending back this way. And what I found was there was a perceptual shift and So you still feel the head sensation, but uh, there's this this openness here as well, and it's in the openness. And so, yeah, the the head sensation is still there. But there was a shift noticing this space here, that that's what you're looking out of, and things move in the room when when I walk and, and so forth you gradually notice that more more and more. So initially, initially you might not really get
0: it, but stick with it and just practice it. Wonderful. Thank you, Brenton, in Australia there. Uh, Karen?
5: Yes, uh, I was listening to Sam. I just wanted to add that uh, for me it was such an eye-opener to discover that... Uh, thoughts uh, are actually out there in the world as well, because the common view is, you know, thoughts are happening in my head, they're coming from me, uh, I'm controlling them, and uh, and all of that. But to actually notice, to observe and notice that, you know, if there's this open space here, of course these thoughts are also floating in these this open space, rising, um, being there for a moment, and then just disappearing to I don't know where. And, uh, and, and, and then observing that more in my life, thinking, but how does this work? Just really seeing that thoughts are always connected to objects. They always arise because something is happening, or I'm seeing something, or Uh, I'm hearing something or a person saying something or whatever and uh, So it's actually all the same thing the objects the feelings the thoughts it's just this massive tapestry of all possible experiences where it's sensory or or Actually all sensory and it weaves it in, into this, this this momentarily experience. But uh, yeah, that that, that was an um, essential uh, eye-opener because also in a way it frees me of my own thoughts. You know, I, I could beat myself up for thinking negatively or, you know, being stuck on certain thoughts or thinking in a way that was very problematic for myself but actually um, all of that could go with that uh, that one insight so mm. it was very good yes
0: it's very freeing john were you going to say something
11: for uh, the so what question i'd say so everything okay <laughs> um the There there was a famous um, uh, Liverpool Football Club manager in the uh, 70s. His name was Bill Shankly. And he once said, um, football isn't a matter of life and death. It's more important than that. (laughs) And I would say that headlessness isn't a matter of life and death. It's more important than that. And if you stick with it, you'll agree. Why?
0: But what comes off the top of your no head, if I say, but why?
11: But why? Um, Because um, uh, the whole world is inside me. I mean, that's worth noting. (laughs) (laughs) The whole world is inside me. I'm still, and (laughs) everything moves and shifts uh, inside of my being. Because when I say inside of me, I don't mean inside of John. I mean inside this spaciousness that we struggle to find words for, okay, uh, but we can see uh, right now, ever so easily. uh, Oh, and back on the um, the kind of feelings, Hmm. uh, no one can, I'm speaking to the audience here, no one can see you now, so you won't look foolish if you do this, okay? I mean, the, uh, the panelists don't mind looking foolish, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that also goes with uh, headlessness, is a slight <laughs> tendency towards foolishness. But doing this does not put us in a box. It doesn't put me in a box. It doesn't put me in a dark space. It doesn't make me into an object. There are sensations, but they don't do that to me when I do that. Mm. Not
0: in a box. Carol,
11: yes.
12: Yeah, um, going back a little bit to what Bill was saying about relationships. um, When people are asking about this uh, headlessness, they ask about perhaps the intellectual side. uh, What about this? What about that? But what people are mostly concerned with in this life, I think, is relationships with parents, with partners, with children, with friends, relationships. And in answer to so what? This anti-symmetrical, is that a word, relationship? This relationship is so important. It opens up dialogue. It enables you to be open to the other person in every situation difficult or or joyous, and if you are open for the other person you really, really hear them.
0: So how do you do do that Carol? Just sorry to jump in, but how do you be open to another person? What are you actually meaning?
12: Well simply by observing where you're coming from in any dialogue. Look first, the most important thing. See who you are, where you're coming from, what is the truth, and then you'll be open for the other person, not rehearsing what you're going to say next, not wishing to jump in with your version of the story or, oh, yes, that happened to me, but to be truly in a listening and receptive mode. And this can be incredibly helpful.
2: Mm. That's
12: what I find.
0: Mm. This is a very, I'll just say a word, Mary, and then over to you. This is just the wonderful fact of face to no face, isn't it? And let's just all notice this. Uh, uh, we can notice in the panel, but if you're in the audience, you can see me or see someone and just look at someone's face that you can see mine or someone else's. And uh, the great thing about a webinar is no, is no one knows you're looking at them, you know, so it sort of frees you to look. And just notice the face there and the background and the features and all your associations. Now at the same time, look at the place you're looking from. Be aware of the place you're looking out of and notice that you don't see your own face. So it is not face to face. It is face to no face, face to space. You're built open for the other. And this is a non-verbal experience. So keep steadily looking at that face. This is a meditation on face to no face. You're not trying to get peaceful or happy or anything. You're just observing what is the setup. Are you behind a face, separate by a distance from that person there, confronting them with your own appearance, or are you just out of the way, empty for them, open? Not, you, can, you can notice this if you're feeling angry or sad or depressed or happy, it's not a matter of feeling. And you don't have to understand anything. Now, this is so practical, isn't it? You, you can do it uh, whenever you've got someone in front of you, notice the setup, like Carol was saying and Bill. It is just uh, a never-ending meditation and you're not, not trying to fix anything or or you're just really being attentive. Yeah. Wonderful. Mary, you were going to say something.
13: Yes. Well, just following on from what Carol said about being capacity for people, I just, um, ever since I've discovered this view out, and if you take your hands and just explore how big your view out is, you can see that, you're actually capacity. What you can see is most of the room that you're looking out at. So your view isn't tiny. It's it's huge. It's a huge part of what of the world you're looking out on. You you have a huge view, and you're just capacity, just naturally capacity for that. And after I discovered this view out, I found that I instead of being self-conscious of people and often having problems with them and um, feeling nervous of relating to people, I started becoming capacity to people. I would just, this view out was so strong, is so strong for me that you're just capacity for whatever's there. And when someone's talking to you, you're just capacity for them as well. And I just love that sensation of being capacity for whatever is in my view out. And if it's a person that's talking to me, it's just as interesting to have have someone talking with me as it is to say, look at a beautiful vase of flowers or beautiful view of nature. Mm. And uh, Mm. since discovering this view, I've also stopped being self-conscious because I'm just no longer thinking myself. I just find it revolutionary
0: it is it is Judy
4: and the other thing just like Mary was uh, saying about having a conversation with someone um, conversations are always two-sided aren't they um, what I find really fascinating is that I'm capacity for what comes from nowhere to reply in that conversation and it's about, um, surprising uh, sometimes because often I think I don't know what to say and then I think well that's fine I'll wait and something comes something really does (laughs) and uh, when you're listening to the other person it's usually something that's very um, connected with what they're saying and uh, it's uh, it makes it a conversation a much more joyful thing than when One is uh, um, having either totally listening um, or totally talking all the time. It's an exchange. It's very uh, enjoyable.
2: Mm.
4: And I, like Mary, I used to be very shy and I I found that very, very difficult. But not now.
0: I like the phrase... uh, See Richard off, you know i 'm looking at myself in the mirror or on the screen, and uh, there 's my appearance. I am that there, but i 'm not that here i 'm not like that here, but Richard has a tendency to sort of jump and uh, try and come here where it he, where he doesn't belong uh, and' because everybody tells me he's here, you see, and uh, my uh, you know, and, and when, it, when I feel sort of bit down or something, he sort of crept up my arm and jumped into the center. My meditation is to see him off, is to see, oh, he's there. He's not here. So this isn't denial. It's not trying to get rid of Richard. It's placing him where he belongs and having some kind of compassion for him in a way. I'm space for Richard as much as I'm space for everybody here. And you, you can always do this. You can always see yourself off right? <laughs> to where you belong, you know, out there in the mirror or out there somewhere, you know, in the, on the screen, in other people, but not here. Keep the, you know, m- keep the space clear here for whatever's going on. Yeah. Yes, Karen.
5: I was just uh, uh, noticing again, concerning relationships, how different it is, this uh, uh, experience of Amalia beside me uh, there, over there on the screen, where I see two persons sitting uh, 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 beside each other, and I also see his facial expressions, just like mine. But uh, I don't know for who is sitting beside somebody, but the, uh, the, in the audience or in the panel, but you, you can see for yourself that from here, it's a totally different experience. Here, I I see this space mm-hmm. and I there's this headless body coming out of it, which normally I say, oh, that's my body. And then I see another bor- body also coming out of this same space. And I sort of vaguely... Notice the head there and and you know, uh, the arms and the side and everything Uh, But it's a totally different experience than when I look at that little screen Mm. It's just amazing how we Swap these things in our mind all the time This is the truth and that there is a reflection
0: So we can see you and Amma separate but, in fact, your experience is your space for Amma, and Amma is space for Karen.
5: Exactly. Yeah. As well as that I'm space for myself. Yes. Yeah, I'm space for the both of us.
0: Actually, Catherine Harding uh, had a lovely thing when someone asked her so what?" She said, well, you know, if you live with someone, and someone asks you, who do you live with? And you say, I have clue. You'd you'd think that was really odd, wouldn't you? You, I don't know. I have no idea who that person is I live with. Well, you live with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, have a look. Let's all point again, because you can't do it, you know. Point again. This is who you're living with. This is who you really are. And it's not the one in the mirror. It's this wide open, boundless space for the world. Wow, that is quite someone to live with. Mm, Hank Hank and then column
14: on seeing yourself off Uh, and seeing yourself off is not thinking yourself off Mm. you can't think yourself off you can see yourself off you actually have to look and when I look I don't see any qualities or characteristics of Hank here Mm. it's always out there where Hank is Mm. but it's something you see it's not something you think or decide that and make an effort Mm. to do Mm. it's something that comes as a result
0: of looking got it lovely thank you Colin
6: yeah I was going to say um, quality of this openness, I mean, I don't think we talk much about it um, it's actually love. It's, it's, we call it space or capacity or clarity, but they're kind of abstract words, but really when you're open and you, and you touch into that openness, there's a sense of love, not romantic love now. I mean, we all know that, but, but a kind of a, you know, falling back in love with everything. Um, mm. so, so so it's like different connection to life it's like you're really connected then you're engaged back with life rather than the normal contracted sense of self the me or the which is really, the me is really doesn't trust love maybe because I've been hurt through life or whatever but then this opening this, doing these experiments bring you right back into that maybe like the little baby, you know, is pure love, isn't it? Um, so it brings you right back to that openness. Um, just, yeah, love.
3: Beautiful. Mm. Wonderful. I think that is really something we, come, thank you. I find that we're a bit nervous about mentioning that word, but that's been my experience, that it is a falling into love. And... uh It's a very, I think that's an excellent way of describing the consequence of this openness, finding this openness again.
0: Mm. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Amir and Jade, any new questions there?
13: Um, Hi, Um, so the the top question is from Dave, no face, (laughs) lovely name. In the pointing experiment, when I point my finger to my face, I'm still seeing the outer world. I think my sight sense is always directed to outward world. So how can I use my sight sense that is always directed outwards to look inwards? Okay. Mm.
0: (coughs) Brenton.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Your eyes can't look inwards. They're always looking outwards. But um, you can attend in whatever direction you want. So you can attend outwards and you can attend inwards and notice what it's like, where you're looking from. notice this emptiness that's just full of what is. So, yeah, you can attend wherever you like.
0: Yes. Just uh, notice, Dave, and anyone, that you can't see your face. Instead, you see the world. And whether you call that two-way or one-way or ten-ways, I, I, I put that aside. And Just notice, you can't see your face now. Instead, you see the world. That's it. <laughs> and it's even simpler than that because it's nonverbal. So one of the things, wonderful things about the headless way is we go around saying, you've got it. You've got it. Yep, no, you can't do it better than that, because you can't can't just see a, you know, a little bit of your head here or something. You don't see anything here. You see your nose, but it disappears into nothing. And you've got sensations, but they don't make up a thing here. And when you walk down the street, you don't walk down the street. The street moves through you. When you look at someone else, you don't see your own face at the same time. So uh, you're doing it right. And if the words don't fit for you, like looking back or something, Throw the words out. Find your own. Yeah. Bill, and then John.
8: Uh, yes, I I am struck by the importance of being quite precise about um, the word attention. Um, it is important because one of the criticisms of, of this is well, this is all visual. You know, I mean, the world is multi-layered, and multi-dimensional, and this is so. This is crude. Um, but actually, if we're being specific, um, I do think that what we're talking about is attention. It's two-way attention. We often call it two-way looking. But we do we do, do experiments with closed eyes and various other, and we pay attention to various other uh, senses. For instance, if you pay attention to the sound that's coming out of your computer now, which uh, you could say, you can link with one of the faces on the screen, um, that sound actually is coming into this, the silence, as it were, the soundlessness, and disappearing into it again, and, and isn't owned. So that, that is another difference between the conventional language uh, and, and the language of, that comes from paying attention. So I, th- I think what we're doing, although it, it is known as seeing, is we're paying attention. And and just as a parenthesis to this, Douglas's last workshop, last summer gathering, I don't know if you were, I was very struck by how tired and therefore how quiet he was. But he did gather himself up on one of the mornings and the only thing he had to say, sitting in his wheelchair, he had his arms out to embrace the room, 50 people, and he said, attention, attention, attention. I don't know if anyone else remembers that. It struck me very forcefully but really what he wanted us to do was wake up. That's all this is, it's wake up, pay attention to what's going on, you know, what's going on in the round.
11: Okay.
0: Mm, thank you, Bill. Uh, John.
11: Oh, in, uh, we, we hear the phrase um, follow, that we're following the science, okay? Um, you know, in this lockdown world, our leaders are saying that they're following the science, okay? So when we uh, swing our attention through 180 degrees from looking outwards to looking inwards, we are following the science because photons uh, take eight minutes to get here from the sun. They then bounce off things in the room and then go this way into, through our lens and into the retina. So that's the way seeing actually happens. If we were to draw a picture of man sees flower, you draw the man, you draw the flower, and you draw an arrow as if it was an active thing, an active verb, an active thing that the man was doing to the flower, okay? Seeing outwards, but that's not the science. The science is that seeing happens this way with the photons flowing here, okay? So we're only following the science. Okay. <laughs> Hank.
14: Even though the word seeing is kind of a colloquial term, it, it is precise in a way. If we do an experiment hmm. and direct our attention to the wall behind us, <laughs> Bill, what do you see? I don't have a wall behind me. <laughs> but what do you see behind you? I see nothing. Uh, you I say see, it just I it see nothing. Right? And so I see nothing. Hmm. It is something I'm seeing. I'm not seeing it with my eyes. My eyes can't see the wall behind me. My eyes can't see the nothing behind me. But even though it's a colloquial term, it is precise.
0: Wonderful, thank you. Yuko, do you, uh, what do you, th- do you feel that you've got some
7: kind of answer to... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> thank you um, for your kind uh, answers to so what problems. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, Douglas uh, came to Japan to do workshop in... 19, 19, in Tokyo. Uh, there's one person. Uh, there was a one person who dared to ask him after after experiment. She said, "I saw. There's uh, no head here, no face here. But so what?" She said to Douglas, and Douglas. Uh, 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 Kept a silence for a couple, a couple for for a minute for for it for a while, and he said just one word. This is it. He said <laughs> just just to her. This is it, lady.
10: <laughs>
7: <laughs> yes. I love his answer. Do, do you understand what I said?
10: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
7: I I remember Douglas in
0: the Hidden Gospel, uh, his book, said, you know, uh, these are illustrations of the sayings of Jesus with experiments, or rather testing the sayings of Jesus with experiments. And he says, well, actually, there's one thing that Jesus said that you can be absolutely sure of. And... uh, Practically everything he said you can't be sure of because it might be translated wrong and they wrote it down 80 years after he said it and they might have misunderstood it and you might be misunderstanding. You know, there's so many room for, for room for error. But there's one thing he said which you'll be able to get exactly as he meant it. And uh, so, you know, do you want to hear it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. What, 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 what is it that he said that I can't get wrong? I said, well, here it is.
10: <laughs> <coughs> this is it right
0: <laughs> did you have anything more to say Yuko I jumped in there anything more to say Yuko
7: no, no it's okay thank you
0: thank you very much yes Wonderful, Judy
4: um, I was glad when I heard John mention science, science, because the other thing that uh, when I first saw this, um, Douglas pointed it, who I really am to me, um, was uh, his ideas about the way in which the world is built, um, and we it's all very familiar with to us now. You know, the, your body is built of cells and molecules and atoms, and right the way down to the sort of ground state, the ground of your physical being, the ground of physical being of everything, is nothing, nothing, no thing, right down there. And we see that we see here when we look here, we see the no thing, which is the ground state of everything, mm. and. Um, The difference, the difference, of course, is that here we experience awakeness, as Bill said, awakeness. And when we take all those things in the world apart until they've all disappeared, there's no awakeness there. The awakeness is here. Mm. And that that blew my mind, blew my mind. Mm. And... There are so many things uh, that um, this simple thing that you can encapsulate. You can't see your face, can you? But then you follow that up and it explodes into the most extraordinary, brilliant, and uh, it, it intoxicating sort of intellectual journey as well. Mm-hmm. Links of those things.
0: Thank you. Uh, Amir, yes?
9: I just thought it would be a good moment to feed in a couple more questions. Yes. Two that seem very related. Um, Scooby-Doo's here. Uh, It's great. (laughs) I find myself confused about transitioning from capacity for self and accepting yourself to acting on what I want. For example, I feel sad and I want to feel happy. Any personal experiences on when to move on from being to doing? And then Harry adds, seems very related. How does discovering headlessness change your behaviour? So I guess the theme being moving from seeing this thing to then some kind of action or behaviour. Or
0: mm. very good question, Colin and Carol. <laughs> Any
11: response to that?
12: Well, it's yeah. Uh, well, I think Douglas used to say, "See and see what happens." Yeah. Um, Wait. So, sorry. It, it's, a, it's a difficult one. It's the more you carry on until, as Judy said, it becomes habitual to be living from this clarity, the more your actions will come as they will, rather than you forcing them. And as to wanting to feel happy when you feel sad, that's not possible. That's sort of mechanical, isn't it? I think you just have to live with the feeling that you have and see it as part of the whole and wait for it to pass because all things pass.
0: Mm.
12: Not very
5: helpful. Oh,
0: very (laughs) helpful. Yeah, don't force. Let It will come, yeah. Colin, do you have a thought on that? You look
1: good. Just that, to follow on from what Carol said about, you see and see what happens. It is an extraordinary adventure, isn't it? You, Find yourself in a certain position, you see who you are and then, and then you and then you discover and uh, it's in the moment and I, I think if one has the attitude of um, trusting that if you are truthful about yourself, then what flows out of that will have a kind of authenticity, then it will affect your life um, in an authentic way. And it could be that the feelings you are having are absolutely authentic in that particular situation. They are part of uh, the scene part of what's meant for you at that time and uh, I think that's it really that's what I wanted to
11: say. Mm. John had his hand up.
0: John yes.
11: <laughs> He's ignoring me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Oh go on then. <laughs> <laughs>
11: If headlessness, if paying attention to this obvious space here, change my behaviour, how would I know? <laughs> how could I possibly know? You see, it's it's theoretically possible that I could meet Mr. Trump. It's unlikely, extremely unlikely, but it's theoretically possible. Okay, it is impossible uh, for me to ever meet John. Okay. I will never meet John. I know that I've had absolute shortage. I'm never going to walk up and shake his hands and get him in 3D. It's never going to happen. Okay. I've tried. It doesn't happen. <laughs> and uh, so I, I have no idea whether it will, will or has changed my behavior, behavior. And I can never know if it changes my behavior. And that is a great relief.
0: Mm. <laughs> Column and then Karen. him first.
6: Yeah, with emotions, um, with seeing, there's a full engagement with life. And, and emotions are, you know, there's a full feeling engagement with life. So emotions are natural. If something sad happens, you know, sadness appears. Um, so, but in seeing, the story of the contracted itself doesn't get added to. It, it, it's like the emotions come, are processed and go. Uh, much quicker i find um, they they're fully natural and appropriate but they don't doesn't get into a loopy story or poor me story and so so it's, they're inclined to go f- faster or you know go through quicker or, not that you're trying to do that but they just seem to do that
9: mm.
0: thank you colin And then it was uh, Karen and then Yuko, so Karen first.
5: Okay, yeah, concerning doing, uh, it's true what you're saying, you know, seeing what happens. And also, uh, I realized that the, the realization that, as I said, from this space, there are two bodies arising, Amma here and me here that if I would do something that's really bad for him, but very good for me, actually uh, there's no separation between us. Uh, so if he would suffer very much because I, I'm, I'm thinking only about what would be good for me, actually I'm suffering too. So there is way more this awareness that um, uh, what... The, the way of thinking what's only good for me and I don't care about all the rest is an error. It doesn't work like that. Um, what is good for everything is, is good for me as well. And of course, that may not be very helpful as well and hard to distinguish, but I think everybody has a, always a sense of what that could be, how you could make your choices in a situation.
0: So, uh, a little side note here. Yes, thank you, Karen.
7: Yuko? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, speaking from my ex- experience about uh, uh, the changes in behavior, uh, when I was uh, young, I was very shy and very self-conscious person. I was very afraid of uh, uh, being seen by other people or uh, uh, afraid of uh, speaking in front of uh, people like this situation but when I uh, uh, came across Headless Way and I started uh, uh, practice uh, this way my fear uh, dis- have been disappearing little by little little by little without mm-hmm. knowing so <laughs> it's not uh, conscious uh, uh, change, but uh, uh, I feel now that uh, my uh, shyness uh, disappears back into the background so I can speak uh, uh, in front of people like this situation. Still, I'm, uh, I think I'm a shy person, <laughs> but uh, thanks to Headless Way, I, I can, uh, talk or speak or behave naturally in front of people.
0: Mm. Mm. Wonderful.
7: Mm.
0: Mm. Uh, Amir, yes.
13: We just got another question from. Oh Mark. yeah,
0: go for it, Jade.
13: Um, when you experience headlessness. Will there be a distinct shift in perception or sensory experience? How do you know when you've recognized or experienced it? And how do you manage doubt regarding this experience?
11: Ah. Just doubt it all. <laughs> <laughs> double, double doubt
2: yourself.
0: <laughs> so, uh, do you want to say more about that, Emma? And then, Sam? Do you, what, what,
2: what? Oh, that's right. <laughs>
10: <laughs> just doubt it. Okay. So,
0: no. Okay. I, I think I understand. Yeah. Sam.
10: Well, it is possible to doubt everything in my experience. I mean, um, I can I can countenance the idea, the solipsistic idea that I'm I'm a, a brain in a vat, being fed the matrix basically through a very very high bandwidth kind of um, computer, um, and there's really no way of disproving that. I mean, ultimately. Uh, it seems unlikely. And if I, I apply Bayesian analysis to it, there it's, it's, it would need to be fairly strong evidence for that for me to think that that was true. It seems on the balance of possibilities that all of you are in the same condition as me. That is to say, everything here and nothing, everything there and nothing here. And the thing is that one thing I cannot doubt, even if I do doubt the authenticity or the reality of what I'm experiencing, is I cannot doubt that I'm experiencing. it. There is an experience going on. And I can get things wrong, and I often do, about what, what is out there, what the view out. I can get, get wrong. I can get that wrong. That can be, I can be mistaken about things. I can have wrong ideas about things. But this I can't be mistaken about. Has no, nothing, there's nothing there to be mistaken about except the fact of the subjective awake, awake experience. Mm. So that's how I'd answer that question. I would say, doubt by all means, doubt everything, and find out what you can't doubt. But not just in the kind of, you know, f- really try and imagine that you're not experiencing anything.
0: <laughs> and
2: there you are. I mean, I
10: can imagine that no wrong about it. Imagining it, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: All right, Brenton. Yeah, it's an
10: interesting one
2: about. About the doubt, like, am I this emptiness that I'm experiencing? Well, I think how am I? How would I experience the world if my head got in the way? You know, how, it couldn't. It couldn't be set up any other way. You know, um, this emptiness—it's it's got no colors or shapes. How could I take on the world if I was colored or shaped? then I need to be empty to, to take on those colors and shapes, and shapes. I want to take on the sounds. I think it works. It works when you, when you think about, about what you need to be like to experience the world.
14: Yes, yes.
9: Amir. Yeah, I think it's a fun question because sometimes, uh, especially, well, no, even now sometimes, um, if I look and see, then I notice uh, there's various changes in my perception or my breathing or my thought patterns sometimes immediately, and but sometimes I notice nothing changes except that I'm noticing nothing, and so, in terms of doubting, I I, I would just say, well, nothing. particular seems to have to happen to everything else that I'm experiencing as I notice that in the same same way how do I how do I know I'm noticing there's a plant over there how do I know I'm noticing it like I can see the plant and sometimes I'm overwhelmed by the beauty of the plant and sometimes I'm bored by it or, or nothing happens but I don't have to doubt that I'm experiencing the seeing of a plant Look, you know like Sam was indicating maybe it's a dream or maybe it's a matrix maybe there's no plant there but I am seeing a plant and I know that I'm seeing this or experiencing it if I point back and I ask myself, what am I seeing? Well, I see nothing, right? So (laughs) it's kind of as simple as that. And and maybe something else happens or maybe it doesn't, but I know that I'm experiencing it or seeing it as it were. If I could answer, what do I see here? Nothing.
0: Mm. Wonderful. I'll just say something then, Judy. Uh, And the bottom line is that you're the authority on you. And you can't prove this. (laughs) so that was one of the things that in going around doing workshops was an important realization for me is I can't prove it. I can just share my experience and we can chat about it. And I'm totally convinced you're looking at the same nothingness and you can't do it wrong. And all of us here are looking out of this undivided awareness into our different views. I can't prove it, don't need to. I just celebrate it really so it's just uh that you know it, it's it's so freeing that you you be your own authority and you don't have to prove it yeah <laughs> judy are you there judy
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> um, uh, I was, I was just thinking then, uh, you know, what is doubt about? Doubt is about um, wondering whether something is true or not. And we've touched on um, the last bit of the conversation is that uh, you are uh, to tell whether it's true or not by trusting your own experience. Um, and I, that made me think about trust, because this is something that Douglas would say. Um, trust, trust the reality of who you are, trust this, um, this spacious clarity um, because doubt can be, intellectual doubt can be, a, you know, one of the wonderfully rigorous things, but it also can be very psychologically undermining You can end up not trusting in anything because you've always got some way of thinking, well, it might not be true. But this, I think, is um, trustworthy, because it is so obvious, and it is actually um, the end of all that uh, mind-turning stuff, Um, just to rest in this clear awareness, and then, as Carol said, to see what happens next. And it does seem to have you know, you, uh, you really can't prove this but it does seem to have a wonderful way of coming up with the right answer.
0: <laughs> yes, Colin. And then Colin. Colin first.:
1: I want to uh, add to what Judy just said about what's undermining. And uh, for me, very, very early on in rediscovering this, uh, something wonderfully undermining happened. And it's absurdity. And I remember sitting down with Douglas for a meal. It was a salad meal. And this was shortly after, taking the point and sitting down at the table with a knife and fork in my hand and cutting a tomato and then putting the fork into a piece of tomato and putting it here into nothingness struck me as being incredibly funny. Undermining any sense of the deep seriousness of this discovery, I was just seeing this huge joke, this absurdity, this wonderful absurdity about it all, and it just knocked me out so it's I guess this has something to do with um, what Buddhists might call a belly laugh at the universe, and when you see those wonderful um, bodhisattva statues like uh, Hote with his great big tummy and it's a tummy that is huge with wisdom but it's also huge with that belly laugh and wonderfully undermining of any um, uh, thought or confusion or seriousness it just takes you into wonder mm. doesn't it and um, this is it the laugh that undermines it all.
0: Mm. Thank you, Colin. Colin?
2: Yeah, um,
6: you know, one way of looking at it, it's so simple. I, mean, I can't deny that I am. You know, and I know that I am. So, I'm. A, you know, I am that I am. And uh, can I deny that? Um, like Amir was saying, I notice I'm noticing the flower. You know, it's, um, I'm aware, I'm aware. It's, can't really deny that, can we?
2: I
0: think that's it. (laughs) 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 All right, anyone want to follow that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, just, uh, I'll say something, Bill, and then, Bill, uh, if there's time. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry,
10: <laughs>
0: got nine minutes left. Uh, uh, just an experiment, uh, because uh, we're so convinced that here is a little mine, you know, and it bugs us. But imagine, think of a number, you know, and just imagine it. Now, is that, you know, I've got the number three. Say, uh, is that inside your head now, or is it like out there with the faces on the screen? Now, imagine uh, a flower. Now, where how did you do that? Where where did it come from? Did it come out of a, you know, a, a sort of shutterstock library of images, <laughs> you know? Or does it just appear out of nowhere? And when you're speaking, where does your voice come from? Now, the, the, your mind, you know? Th- think of uh, the face of a friend or anything, a planet. Where does that come from? And is it in you know, in a box here, several feet away from what you're looking at or is it part of the just comes out like the bird song comes out of this great mystery now that is so creative and true is true yeah no mind no mind bill yes um the, the whole
8: thing about about uh, lightness and no mind talking about so what for me it 's such a, a blessing, truly, a, a well chosen word, that I have found a path to likeness, which is to say that uh, you know all of this thinking about the consequences and the subtlety and all that um, and the whole position conventional social position, is that I have to find my way through to some sort of conclusion about life, some sort of right answer and Seeing the tomato disappear into, into emptiness <laughs> is, is just wonderful because one understands very deeply that you don't have to do that, that, that this is yours. The other side of this is that the world, as, as opposed to being a stranger, unimportant reef, the world is mine. This is made for me. This is my world. And that is, that's. Daring to 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 enjoy that as as being the inheritor of it, having not earned it, it's given that way, and that is an, an opening into a joyful world, a light a light world. It's a beautiful thing, and that's the gift, not the world as if man's world, but the world as is, which you could say, you could call it God's world, whatever you want to say. And just but just let me just quote this. This is Jesus said. If your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light, no place dark. I mean, what a beautiful motivation. If you, if you want to ask, well, so what? Well, if you want to believe Jesus at all, he's sort of prodding you in, that, in a direction of something which is really worth having. Your whole world will be someplace light, yeah,
0: okay. Wonderful, Amir, yes. Any other final questions, perhaps, or what?
9: Yeah, again, j- just, to, just to tell everyone, there's always so many brilliant questions, and we just read them out based on what gets voted up or, or what, what came in first. So there's lots of brilliant questions we won't have time to get to. Uh, but the next one on the list seems really appropriate now for this part of the conversation from Krishna. Uh, My daughter came to me worried about something in her mind, and I just pointed to her being without a head, and she burst into laughter. We both had a great laugh is it much easier for kids to see it? It just feels appropriate, this conversation around joy and, and the right. naivety of yeah. the doubt.
0: So we've just got a few minutes. Colin and Carol, you've got lots of experience with kids of your own, but also teaching and stuff. And any thoughts on that? Is it easier for kids? Or-
1: I think it is easier for kids. Um, If they're interested, I would certainly uh, uh, share it with them. And I I think it's easy because it is so close to their initial experience in in life and because it is so simple, it just cuts through everything and um, it's uh, it's true and it's apparent. and I would also say that uh, children can take this and then it's gone, but also children can take this and, wow, well, they come up with something quite original and deep from it. You know, this is, uh, this is something that uh, you can listen to. Kids can tell us uh, what it's like from their point of view, and it makes you sit up and take note.
0: Well, we've, that's marvellous. Uh, we've just got uh, three or four minutes. Just wonderful to be with you all, and uh, also to sense the audience out there. Wonderful questions. Thank you, Amir and Jade, for fielding those and keeping an eye on that. Thank you for everyone. What a delightful uh, time, you know, opportunity uh, we've taken to be together and share our responses to this mystery, and. Um, For anyone who's watching, uh, we have regular Zoom meetings. And if you would like to just hang out with others uh, who are enjoying this, then contact me through the website and I will send you information. It's just for anyone who's done the experiments, who wants to meet others who are interested in this. So you're warmly welcome. There's a lot on the website, on our YouTube channel. And, Anyone else got any final thoughts just to share before we
3: Richard, uh, can I so
0: just
3: well. uh, Yes, Alan. How, look, apparently there's a whole heap of questions. Are they left hanging, or what, how do people uh, we haven't had time to answer many of no. the questions I understand. How do we handle that?
0: We invite people to point.):
3: oh. <laughs> 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 well, I see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we, we can't answer all the questions, but that's why people can, you know, come to Zoom meetings or we'll do more webinars, you know, and I, I will give your phone number out, Alan, to everybody <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: uh, who wants to can call you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Masha, Masha. Uh, Amma, okay. were you going to say? Amma and then yeah. Carol? Yeah. No? Okay. Carol?
12: Now I was only going to say, I really, really want to stroke that cat.
11: <laughs> it's always such a delight to be in this format with you all. It's, uh, it's so rich. You know, it, uh, you know, I've done the experiments loads and loads of times, but each time doing it new, starting from scratch, and just hearing from so many different sides of the
9: elephant, it's just, it's really wonderful. So thank you all. So that's, that's coming in on the chat.
0: Oh, marvellous.
9: If any panellists want to, glance like, so lots of appreciation and thank you.
0: And well, our message to everyone is you've got it uh, and uh, you're living from it uh, and you are expressing it in your own way. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, so we're celebrating this open way to who we are, uh, which is... Uh,
10: Just a great thing to share.
0: And we've got another minute. Anyone else like just to, yes, Sam?
10: I would say, come on in, the water's fine.
12: (laughs) 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 Rosie. Rosie.
0: Oh, yes. Okay, well, thank you all for coming. Thank you for all the attendees. And uh, we, we are happy to share the space with you and perhaps we'll meet in some forum. All right. Okay,
1: so thank you Richard. Yes. Thank you
10: Richard. Thank you, Richard.
0: Thank you, Richard. Thanks everybody. Thanks
1: host. Thank Bye everybody. Bye everybody.
8: <laughs>